Welcome to the Clear Tai Chi Mastermind Meeting on this Friday, January the 15th, 2021. And today's topic is uh, the Jin of Clear Tai Chi, Part 2. Uh, I'm sorry, Tingjing of Clear Tai Chi, Part 2. Receptors, Processing, and Perception. And before we go any further, let's go ahead and do a note from our sponsor, uh, and that is on Dongjing, knowing, clear Tai Chi. And on there, I'm talking about in order to know, you have to be able to feel or, or perceive. And that for that, uh, it becomes knowing, which is Dongjing. And that video is about how to really get to that place with your Tai Chi. And the uh, uh, go ahead and talk about it further and or where they can find it. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's that uh, it is that. Uh, taking the sensations and the, the receptors and using that to put together all the pieces of the puzzle and really understand it and know what you're looking at, what you're feeling, what you're experiencing um, to really know it. And, and, how to, and how to train it so that it becomes the dongjin. Yeah. And, and, then, uh, and so that is available at uh, taichiknowing.com. All right. Um, so... Today with us on this call, we've got myself, Richard Clear, the uh, your host, and Matt Holker. Matt Holker, the regional organizer for Maryville, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville. Hello. And Phil Chan in Columbus, Georgia. Welcome, Phil. And Sheila Bell in Costa Rica. And I'm going to let her tell you what parts of Costa Rica. Hey, everybody. Um, so I'm teaching Claire's Tai Chi in Guanacaste, which is the northern Pacific region of Costa Rica, specifically in La Veria, Playa del Coco, and Playa Panama. Cool. Welcome. Thank you. And Greg Nomeyer in uh, Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Michigan. Nice to see you all. And Chris Walsh in Maine. I'm going to tell you what parts. Hello, everyone. I'm in um, Hollowell, Maine, just outside of Augusta, Maine. And who am I leaving? Oh, Art Don in the Washington area. I'm going to tell you where. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Art Don, Washington, D.C. area, Greenbelt, Maryland. It's about. Uh, 15 miles east of Washington. Welcome. The, uh, and is there anybody else on the call who I've forgotten here? Or I've overlooked somehow. Um, Harry will be joining us. And then Harry Legg from Verona, New Jersey, outside of New York City, and he'll be joining us momentarily. All right. So perception is how our mind interprets and attaches meaning to what we see, feel, hear, taste, sense in any of the ways that we talked about last time, right? And this, and then that perception is what we think is reality, but usually it's not really reality. It is our perception of reality, which isn't quite the same thing. It is our mind processing, organizing, and classifying the information that we receive from our senses. That is what your perception is. Our mind tries very hard to put everything into a form or expression that we already think we know or understand and that fits our personality and bias. It can be, it can be biased for better or worse. 
right? And so you and so that bias can be as simple as you see a flower uh, and you think the flower is good, and then you go to touch it and there's a thorn in it. And but all you saw was the, how beautiful the flower was until you realized that oh, there was a thorn there too. Or people look at a bad, what they think of as a bad situation, and their minds just, and their mind races with how, how much worse it could be, and then they find out it's not anything even close to that. Yeah, that it's a lot less of a problem. Um, and so our mind wants to fill in these gaps, especially for things that we don't know. Um, and the other one is that your mind will actually fill in gaps. If you, I've seen this where somebody writes out a paragraph and they leave out all of the vowels. And if you just skim it to read it, you read it as if the vowels were there more often than not, like the whole thing. Your mind fills it in for you. The, uh, and I've seen other ones where people then like anagram words and certain not, there's ways you could anagram it where you're gonna have to work your butt off to figure it out, especially if we're talking about longer words, but I've seen it where things were sort of anagrammed or switched around. And if you just glance it, you wouldn't even know what happened. You just, your mind was read it. As long as the first and last letters are the same and you can jumble around the stuff in the middle of each word and literally like you, you, you read through the paragraph and it's, it makes sense to you. Your mind organizes it into the pattern that it's familiar with to allow you to read it. And this is true so much that if you did it with something that was a short saying or something like about three, three to five words and it's a common enough saying, people will glance it and not see the errors you know, or see the, see the changes because their mind just fills it in so much that they just immediately that they just, when I say assume, I don't mean it's something where you thought about it and assumed it. I mean, your mind just basically assumes, oh, a stitch in time saves nine, you know, and then, and then they go, go read that again. And you go read it again. If it's one where somebody's trying to play a little game with it to show you the, this principle. And it's like, oh, it doesn't say anything. It doesn't say any of that, but it looked like it did and it, and, or it let off with a stitch in and maybe it's got the time and then the rest of it's not really quite that, but your mind, you know, at a glance, your mind said, Hey, that's what it says. Cause that's what you thought it said because you're so used to the, to the saying, Right. Um, so our mind tries very hard to put everything into a form or expression that we already think we know, or that we already know. Right. And that, or that we think we already understand or that fits our personality and or any biases that we have. And that bias can be for better or worse. In the political arena today, if somebody really is super on the left, if they see anything from the right, they immediately assume it's evil. If they're on the right, they immediately assume that whatever they saw on the left is evil. And they don't even, they don't even hear past the first couple of words, oh yeah, I know what that is. And it's like, that person could actually be somebody that's coming from where they're coming from and they started off their sentence in a funny way and we're going to come back to make the point about, see, there's problems with that. And they don't get that far before the other person's already jumped all kinds of conclusions and filled in a bunch of things. Or if you or in today's world, even unfortunately, when you put across a fact, if they think they know those facts already, or there's been these talking points about it, even if the fact is just flat out completely wrong, they jump to the rest of the conclusion of what they think it all is. And with the assumption that this is the case, um, and anyways, and so this is a common thing for, for the mind uh, tends to want to operate this way. And so this is part of perception, right? We mentally and physically organize for simplicity so that we can most expediently accomplish survival-based goals and daily tasks 
and all that kind of stuff. And so that gets in the perception. Part of what you're trying to do as a Tai Chi practitioner, a serious Tai Chi practitioner, is that you're training your body, your mind, your breathing, your thought process, your, your um, and in some ways your daily habits and activities. Um, and I'm talking about how you stand, how you walk, um, all sorts of things like that. And you're trying to train them into a different way of thinking and doing and being and interacting. And that as you get for the, for the average person, not for everybody, what you'll find is that typically either relating to posture or relating to things like hydration or relating to the way that we breathe that or the end or the way we eat. And I don't mean just the kind of food that's sort of an obvious if you eat a bunch of junk food, well, that's not good for you, but even did you wolf down that food or did you take your time and enjoy the food and the process of the eating and like in the blue zones, so the ones where they've got the light, you know, that where people live to be over 90 years old and, and really extra healthy and happy and all that stuff. They find that most people eat in a social environment and they, and meal is, and each meal is kind of more of an event with activity in terms of interaction with other people, as opposed to wolf down your food and go. And there's a health difference between those two things. Right. And so, um, and so with that, one of the things to make those kinds of changes is, is based around mindfulness, at least in a certain kind of a way and how you do things. And so your perception of things, um, in order to make that a more lifelong or, or daily, fully weekly, monthly, uh, what you're doing ongoing. Oh, Ty, the, uh, the uh anyways you have to actually look at it and also as you're doing things to retrain yourself how to stand how to move how to breathe you can't go with what has been going on before and so you actually have to open up your perception to it in a bigger way in order to to not just fall into old patterns um because your mind will will automatically seek that old pattern because it's just easier. It's already, that's already programmed in and you're wanting to change that pattern. And then as you're making that pattern deeper and more like for the knowing, for example, you are trying to get it so that you're taking in much more information than you normally would. And that that's part of a continual process. Um, and then there's a lot of benefit that comes out of that. And so it's not just the mindfulness, but it's also that expanding your ability to take in the information and process that information for what it really is, as opposed to how your mind will want to categorize it into something that it thinks it already knows. Anyways, I've said a mouthful here. Is there anything any of you got that you want to add to or say or, or question towards the group or, or any of that? One thing I'd throw in is, um, the notion of really changing things so you sense things differently is huge. And whatever I plateau, that's exactly the thing that I'm trying to do. Okay, I need to, you know, strap little squishy things to my feet because I'm not feeling the ground very well, <laughs> you know, and then take those off or whatever it is, just to sort of break the norm to recreate some sensitivity. Yeah, so you're actually talking about a method there for, for getting your mind to go, well, this isn't the normal. And so that it won't, so that it'll break out of the pattern of what it's been doing and try to expand more. And then when you take off the squishy things, still keep 
those kinds of things going on so that then you get a different experience of it or a different a different view of it a different look at it uh, and an experience and then uh, being able to integrate the new information into what you what you have and what you're doing and make that more automatic and then do it again in some other way yeah cool yeah and saying that the reverse too um if i'm not doing things like that i end up being more frustrated because it's just harder to take in different information through a very similar perspective after a while. And so the mixing it up breaks up some of the frustration. Yep, I get you. Sure, cool. Anybody else? I guess I will add that it is very difficult um, to break out of this if you're not extremely mindful of it. It's, it's, it's really difficult to break out of that, like organizing, pattern forming, um, you know, falling into old habits kind of thing. It's a survival mechanism. It like it burns calories to think new thoughts. Um, and so your, your brain tends to not want to do that. Um, and it tends to be really, really lazy. And uh, and so. It does take uh, conscious effort. It takes exercises like um, what Greg just mentioned and, um, and things like that. Um, and it takes kind of dedication and perseverance. Um, and Harry, I think uh, you and I can relate some uh, on this. And that the, the, the reason that most uh, magic tricks land the way they do is because people grow very kind of comfortable and confident in their own perception of reality. And then you use that to fool them and it makes it look like something magic happened. Um, even though, you know, it was really just kind of a simple trick. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, the magician knows where the people are naturally going to look and what they're naturally going to think while there's something else going on somewhere else and mm -hmm. comes out of nowhere. Uh, apparently. <laughs> cool. Yeah. 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 The, uh, excellent. And someone else was going to weigh in there. I saw before I started talking. I can too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things for myself, um, and it was really even before uh, being aware through Tai Chi, um, moving to Maine was something that I feel that was manifest through uh, a change in patterns in my life. Uh, my wife and I had decided that we needed a change. And we decided with that change, the only way we would be able to find our way to whatever is next, we, we had a vague idea of what we wanted and we started um, behaving differently. We, we, we broke down all the patterns of, of the life that we used to follow and started changing how we, how we perceive what we're doing and why we're doing it. And it was really strange because after it all kind of like lined up and just happened, when I look back on it, I, I can't see or prove that I had anything to do with it. Tell me more. What do you mean? So what we wanted to do was um, our, our, our notion was we wanted to live a simple life in a simple place. We were in New Jersey and we just weren't enjoying it the way we used to. You know, they, the people weren't as enjoyable. Everyone just seemed to have an agenda and it just wasn't as much, it wasn't what it was we, when we were younger, I guess. So we wanted to just maybe, maybe quit our jobs and go open a, open a business in some rural community. Um, so my wife did that. She quit her job and she started uh, taking part-time jobs just to get experiences 
of what would it be like to be working in different um, in different venues. She worked for uh, a liquor store for a while and realized she definitely does not want to open a liquor store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but that's what she was doing, and um, our our actions and behaviors where we used to go into Manhattan and enjoy the restaurants and the scene in, in the city, we stopped that. Um, we, we, we stopped uh, looking for that type of entertainment and we started looking at uh, what will we do when we have um, either the small business or whatever happens in our future. And it was strange because then my employer uh, without any real uh, knowledge on my part went into a restructuring and they were trying to do just what we were trying to do is get out of these populated areas and move their business into more rural communities. Uh, what they were trying to do is find, uh, I think, cheaper labor. Um, but it, it, as these things were lining up, um, I spoke to people in, internally about what was happening. And then I found out more and I found out they were, they were opening or, or expanding a location here in Maine. And I applied to, to relocate and they paid to move me up here. Um, and they, my wife had connections to my employer previously, but she used to work for them and they offered her a job as well. And we just came up here and everything was great. So cool. we're now living in the simple place, um, mostly a simple life, except for what's going on with Corona. And when I look back on it, it, it doesn't seem like I had anything to do with it. It was just, you know, my, my company made a decision and it just pulled me in. So yeah. it's sort of like, I think you can put what you want into the universe yeah. with some vagueness and it pulls you there. That's right. Yeah, that is right. And uh, some vagueness, but with intention, you have to know what yeah. it is want really really and not be committed to any particular kind of path or venue to achieve yes. and it will yes. you in that direction that's right I, I think i think a big thing that I, I i still carry with me from that is um uh i i think about what are my values and i act on my values and while i'm acting on my values i value the action yeah. so i'm here now doing the thing that i value and i'm appreciating it in the moment that's right. Cool. Anybody else? Okay. The, uh, so uh, the other thing on Tai Chi with this uh, is that a lot of times people learn how to stand and then that's how they stand. And then they learn how to breathe a basic method and that's how they breathe. And then they learn this is the move and they do the move and it's sort of like, okay, bang, there it is. And they go through it like this and they kind of, they, they get that into a pattern in their mind, but this is how this goes and they kind of stop. And part of what happens working with this perception, working with these different senses and that kind of a thing is that how much more of this thing can you do? So if I'm standing and relaxing, can I stand even more aligned and more aligned and better aligned and more and better aligned? And can I relax more and more and more while I'm holding that structure and then continue that and build it more and more and more, more relaxed, more relaxed, more relaxed, better structure. And then can I breathe more, uh, more better to all of my cells 
And so that my whole body gets the benefit of that softer and softer and softer, but more and more and more comprehensively. And you keep working on, so it doesn't read, there's not a finite point of stopping there. It's that it continues to improve that your feeling of the whole thing continues to expand. Um, and that like, so when we do our two person push hands, you put your hands on there and you expand your mind so that you're encompassing their whole body and then their whole structure and then their whole breathing and then their whole relaxation along with yours. And then what's immediate, like what's immediately around you, what's immediately around them and what's down in the ground, you know, since they're, since they're standing on the ground, probably the, uh, and all of that, but that it really is faster, deeper, wider, larger, softer, faster, um, and just every kind of those and that that continues and you're not trying to rush it, but you're not, what happens when somebody goes, okay, that's how you stand. They sort of shut off at that point, And then that's how they stand. And in this case, it's that, that, that spigot, that, that, uh, spigot is still on and it's going to continue, even though it's continuing at a gradual pace. Most of the time, sometimes you'll get a sudden, you know, much more or that kind of a thing, but that it's continual and that you may plateau a little bit in some aspect or aspects, but that it is a continually more, 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 more thing. And you're not accumulating it for the sake of accumulating it as much as I'm in this case, we're really talking an awful lot about awareness and I'm trying to get my awareness to continually increase when it gets like from a beginner to some place that we get to in development, it begins to become that you can feel inside of another person's body enough that you begin to be able to actually affect what's going on inside of them for a healing result. And then obviously the same thing can apply as you keep going and you get faster and faster and stronger and stronger and more and more to where it can become a martial result too, if you need that. Um, and then the push hands and things really help you in both cases, if the practice is really correct. And, and based on that improvement of perception and really refining that that perception is what you're really perceiving as opposed to what your brain is filling in and those kind of things. Any thoughts there? Um, I'll leave it all. I'll, I'll let you guys weigh in on any of that again. But I can speak to that too. Um, I, I've seen, you know, with with my own personal training and with with student training that uh, people get trapped in the idea of what something is. So in the very beginning, you can only teach um, a student so much movement or so much correctness inside the movement. Yep. So when they start doing that, they think they have it. And then you give them uh, an adjustment and they think they're doing something wrong or they think that you didn't teach them. So you have to really make sure that they're aware of the bigger process, but uh, not so aware of the bigger process that they try to jump ahead before they're ready. So there is a little back and forth of there. And, and um, I, I see that with myself too. Like when, when there's a plateau that I'm hitting, I, I, I need to, I need to either seek guidance from, from someone like yourself, Master Claire, um, or, or, or a peer who's been going through it with me, who can help me. Um, or I just need to just do it over and over and over and over until I can come up with what, what, what is happening so I can become more aware. You know, I do it like a hundred times and just see how it felt. 
Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And anytime you've hit it, when most people at the point where they realize I'm kind of stuck in this place, what we think of as a plateau like that, sometimes it's because you need a little bit more like to fill up the room or the area or the thing that you're in to like really take that kind of really get all of the little ramifications of that and the, and to get the full scope of it. And sometimes it's like, okay, for what I've taken in, this is where I'm at. What am I going to need? That's going to spark me to take that to a new level and that kind of a thing. And sometimes a lot of times it's just a little bitty thing that um, for the person who is at that point, that's not a little thing. It changes everything that they've had, but they have to be open to doing that where they're, where they're going to take in the information and they have to discern or, or try to discern, you know, try to, um, uh, be the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here. They have to basically be able to look at it and analyze it and go, what does that do? Why does it do that? Well, what does that feel like? And how much, what did that change and how did it change it? And what am I, what else is coming through because of that new, because of that new way of doing the thing, what is different than was going on before? And is that a good thing or a bad thing or, or, or and, it, and it's not that I'm trying to put a value statement to it. It's just what's different about it. And am I getting something of benefit from that? Or is there any negative effect to that? And, and if so, what is that? And is it something that I'm just doing an error at that place? Or is it something where that's really kind of the wrong direction um, like that? And so that so it continually expands. And it is what you're talking about, which is for a new student, it's you can't teach them like all the nitty gritties of the like we've got a video it's the um structure of internal power and ideally really a beginning student would learn that but if you teach a beginning student that they will they will their head will cramp up it'll hurt typically and they will quit because it's too much information but i found and so for them it's overwhelming and they don't like it I get somebody that's been doing the art for a, for a year, two years, three years, and they've they've gone past the beginning. They've really gone out of the beginning stage, and they really are towards an intermediate stage. And I go through those same series of structural um, training and teachings and information, and it's gold. They love it, and they take it in and, re- and assimilate it very rapidly. And they have to go work on it, and it changes things in those positive ways and all that stuff. But they were ready for it now. They weren't ready for it as a beginner. It's just overwhelming. So it is exactly what you're, and then the trick, the bigger trick there is to let a beginner know you're at the beginning. There's a whole lot more that this is, that the same thing you've got. It's not like the, the people think that the advanced stuff means I'm accumulating more things. And there certainly is plenty of that, but they, when you go, well, no, it's a restructure and a revamp of that thing you've already got. A lot of times they struggle with that. Well, wait a minute. You already taught me that. I taught you the first grade version of, of, or the kindergarten version of that. Now we're going to give you the second and third grade version of that. Now we're going to get the, you know, up through the seventh and eighth grade. Now we're going to teach you the high school version of that. Now we're going to teach you the, the bachelor's degree college level of that. Now we're going to teach you the master's degree level of that. And it's the same skill, but it really is. There's this much, much more going on there than what would normally appear to a beginner. And if you're gonna if you're gonna excel at the internal arts, you want to be able to look at everything, every little part of it through that lens that I'm talking about, where it's in that kind of an upgrade on the things that you did as a beginner all the way up and through. And I know there are plenty of other things like that, um, 
but people get used to the idea, certainly in movement arts, the martial arts, where it becomes, well, I'm learning that new move. I'm learning how to do that new technique. And it's like, there's so much more within the moves you have than what you know. Um, but we're going to have to take the time to train that. And if I just teach you that at the beginning, we're going to spend the first five years only teaching you move one. And most of it's going to be tedious and unpleasant because you're not ready for it yet. So, yeah. And then, and then there is a trick there to, to the timing of that. What are we going to say, Harry? Well, I was just going to say each student is different. So the trick to the timing of that is very one-on-one. -on -one, and hopefully as a teacher, you have a good gauge of that with your students. I have a, a relatively new student right now who's a doctor. And I could tell that he thought he was just going to get with me, get some movement, get a form. And all right, I got Tai Chi now. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. And so... I don't normally do this with a pretty much a brand new student. I wait till they've been with me for a little while, but not too long. Uh, and again, it's dependent on the student. I had him watch a roadmap video and he came back with a completely different attitude. Um, the other thing that I uh, always make sure I do with students is I do upfront set expectations and I will talk to them about, all right, right now we are just learning the physical part. And the way I'm able to convey to them how it's going to go much further is I do teach them in their first lesson how to align their energy and how to get that electric buzz going. Sure. And, and I tell them now this is something you want to have going on all the time. However, as I'm teaching you the form and you're learning and wondering if the hand goes what way, which way, whatever, there's no way you're going to keep that electric on. So yeah, you can see how. So you can see how I've got to get you through some of the physical part before we can even begin to get to the energetic parts that yep. do exist. And then I'm very honest with them about where I am with my training with you. And, and I say, I will, I'm showing you how to do this. Just know down the line, I'm going to tweak it further, tweak it further. And I'm still getting corrections and tweaks and I'm a dozen years in. So more or less or whatever uh, with Sifu clear. So it's an ongoing thing. So I try to set that mindset up front and more often than not, it seems to work, but every once in a while you get the person. That's well, just I, really, I really like that you're using the, the roadmap. That's taichiroadmap.com to do that because it really is saying it's the same information done physically first done with the chi on second and, and all and then clear tai chi is a system we teach you how like one of the first classes second class you're learning how to feel the energy in yeah. that in a basic way like what you what for what you're talking about and then that's going to expand from there but it's going to start with that and then when you're learning choreography we're not really worried about that yet you get the choreography down now we jump to chi level and go let's make sure you can feel and that the energy is correct and that your structure is basically correct enough that that really is going on in that and then the e-level so where's your mind at and all of that and then we actually go through the levels that are in there and with the material that you have yeah. uh, and so it builds on that and if they get you're right if they watch that and they begin and they really can understand reasonably what's being talked about there then they then that really does help to convey the the idea that it's that it's this same information but at a much higher level expression of it. And when people are looking like, but I don't understand, I go, well, math, did you learn kindergarten math, first grade math? Yep. Eighth grade math? Yep. High school math? Yep. College math? You know, did it change? 
I mean, two plus two still equals four, unless we're talking about some other kinds of things, and then it doesn't. And it just depends on the level of math we're talking about. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Um, you can always tell too when your student has watched your roadmap video because they will come to me with questions. And I'm like, good, you actually watched it. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. In Clear Tai Chi, we start Ting skill training, Ting skills, changing skills very early in the program compared to most. And it's one of the most, for, for me, for my mind, if you said I, I, I only get to pick one Tai Chi skill to have, but I get the requirements for what it takes to do that. Ting Jing is, if it's not the number one, it's really close to number one. Um, that with that skill, I could eventually build all of the rest of the kinds of skills that are the higher level Tai Chi. Um, and so we start that really early in our program and we work on getting that Ting better and better. And we work on getting that Ting faster and faster and more and more and perceiving, feeling, processing, interpreting, and getting better and better at interpreting and acting on that information, including the information received from various levels of the body, the chi, and energy uh, fields. And this is both for healing and for martial art. And that if you had somebody that had Ting going on at that level and then somebody said, hey, that was Tai Chi, and let's just say they're naturally gifted, born like empath psychic or something, and they said, is that Tai Chi? I would go, well, if they're doing Tai Chi really well, that's part of where it goes is to be able to, is to become like that because you're really working the kinds of skills that will make it like that. Uh, but there are other things than just because it's not just perception of getting the information and then what do I do with it? With the Tai Chi training, you're also learning, well, this is how I apply that. This is how I use that to make myself healthier, to, to, to make myself stronger in all these good ways and to be able to help other people do the same thing. Um, but the end that it is a more and more and better and better and, and like that. And there's a quality of life, um, a very high quality of life that done properly comes out of that. And then the fun that comes like with the push hands and when you're doing with a, with a, with another person, both the fun of just playing and exploring and looking and, and all of that and the fun of the interaction and the play as well. And that the more and more you can perceive, the more the game goes from being a very, uh, I'll use the example for the gamers out there, pong, boing, 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 to becoming three-dimensional, to becoming VR um, and that kind of thing, that it really changes an awful lot like that in ways that are really cool and that are very um, positively life-affecting, life-affecting in a very positive way. Um, the, uh, ting is the key, and by the way, at any point you got, one of you guys want to jump in here and do something that flies me. So I know that, right. Ting, ting is the key to the Dong Jing knowing. Dong Jing knowing is the skill, but is the twice here is the skill that I consider most important for mastery and actually the Ting Jing, because you have to have the Ting Jing in order to get the Dong Jing. And I show examples of that and give you a lot of exercises for that in the video. Um, the Dong Jing knowing at Tai Chi knowing.com. Yeah. Thank you. The, uh, if I can feel, then I can find and develop 
any skill that the, the, that I as a human the, the human body has the potential for. If I can't feel, then it is very hard or impossible to develop higher level skills. It's not like you, people think they learn a higher level skill and I just do that. And for Tai Chi, for internal martial art and internal healing art too, um, feeling it is the key to getting really high level good at it and really becoming a master of it. And then, and the mastery is not the end, it's just another stage in the game to higher level skills, right? And the ting, the ting, and then the dongjing, the knowing, um, those are your key skills to getting to those places. And that doesn't mean you don't have to have other information in, you do. But even with those skills, the vast majority of them, like 99.9%, the tingjing and then the dongjing, that's that knowing, that perceiving, being able to feel all kinds of different stuff, being able to understand what that stuff is, being able to realize that on top of the part, you know that there's more information, either you've got to expand that awareness or, and you've got to get better at perceiving and processing what you become aware of. Um, like that. And so I'm gonna give you guys a chance to weigh in on that. And I've got like four things to ask you, four or five, six things to ask you. And then uh, that'll be it for today. Anything, anything on the, what I was just talking about? I guess I'll, I'll say that my experience um, with all of this has been really dramatic over the last several years um, in terms of my ability to perceive and pick up things that I never would have before. And I think the best analogy for it that I've ever heard, um, and it's one that Sifu uses a lot, he's the one who shared it with me, is the, the kind of the old auto mechanic who, when the when the car is driving in, you know, the old guy, the old, you know, master mechanic or whatever can kind of hear what's wrong with the car on its way in and he can be calling out it needs this, it needs that, it needs the other thing. And the reason for it is that it's not that his perception is any better than anyone else necessarily. It's that he spent time perceiving things and then checking and figuring out what they mean. What does that sound translate into under the hood? And he's done that work enough times that now he just knows when he hears that sound, that's what it means under the hood. And well, this, so, so let me say this. It doesn't mean that his hearing was better than somebody else's right. hearing, but his brain's ability to process what he heard and, to, and to, to, to flesh that out and get the little nuances of the sound in different kinds of ways and really perceive those a lot bigger, stronger, more, and to get a, then to have a mental understanding of what that means that brain capacity is dramatically improved and this is like something that's very important for keeping your mind when you get older and, and being sharp and not having the dementia and all those kinds of things sorry yeah. go ahead so you know a guy like me who doesn't work on cars can hear that noise and i can hear it there's maybe a junior mechanic who can like be listening to that noise, be kind of tinging and thinking like, what does that mean? I've, I've got to check that out. That, does, that sounds funny. I got to figure out what is going on under there that's producing that. A master mechanic who's been through that process enough times on enough different cars in enough different ways can hear that same thing coming in and he just knows what it is. And that's basically the, the kind of the levels. And so the first step in that process is really changing your natural autopilot kind of level of perception and engaging it and turning it into listening or, or, you know, listening is the word they use in Chinese, but ting, it's that active perception. 
It's that you're, you're, you're perceiving, you're actually trying to listen. You're, you're putting pieces together with the information that you're gathering. And if you do that enough with enough skill sets and, and over enough time and, and in enough different ways, the variety of information that you get and the pieces that you put, put together in the way that you wrap your head around it, it becomes knowing. And, uh, and so like, I, there are things that I can see now when I, when I, uh, when I, when new students come in the door, when they're, they're like walking towards me, I can see like, okay, your hips are out of alignment. You've got lower back issues and your knees are probably hurting. And they're like, how do you know that I've taken two steps in the building? You know, well, I can see it. Um, but it's because I've talked to enough people and I pushed with enough people and I've experienced it enough and I've wrapped my head around it in a certain kind of way that now I just know what I'm looking at. And uh, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's not automatic. It doesn't happen overnight. It is a process, but it is a process that there's a reliable method for getting there. Um, and, it, and he actually teaches it and it's available at uh, Tai Chi knowing.com. Um, that's what that course is about is that method of taking what you've got now and stepping it up to the point where you just know these sort of incredible things um, where, where other people don't understand how you're doing it, but it's because you've just, you've done that work. Right? You're learning, you're learning how to perceive it. And then you're learning how to process that, what you perceived so mm -hmm. that you understand what it was that you, that you perceived and, or at least can put it into a functional thing. Anything you can get your mind on with that understanding in depth, like inside your own body, and or inside somebody else's body you've got contact with, you can influence and affect. And if you can't feel it, you can't affect it. That's in your own body or somebody else's. If, you, if you're trying to make a change to it with your mind, with, with, uh, and maybe with limited movement inside your body and or limited contact with somebody else, and eventually basically either no contact or just the lightest touch anywhere, um, you have to be able to get your mind into the place fully for able to perceive it fully. And then because you're manipulating it with your mind, it will affect the area. It will make changes. Um, and so that's, that really is the game that Tai Chi is all about is being able to do that to get to Tai Chi, like the symbol Tai Chi, but what that Tai Chi represents in terms of that true balance if it's out of balance and I can perceive that properly, that I should be able to bring it back to a place of balance. And of course, if it's out of balance enough, then it's not even about perception and the way we're talking about yet. It's okay. You got to have better alignment. Okay. You got to have better relaxation. Now we're in a place where we can figure out what the internal, because that's sort of towards the external side of it a little bit. What else inside of that is out of balance and you can begin to perceive that and then literally at a mind level start to manipulate it mind and spirit level and have it take have those effects take place but you have to do the work so sifu this this is i brought up the question and this is really interesting to me so you know so a lot of what you teach uses internal push hands as the way to develop a skill and also to test whether it works. That's right. That's why if somebody's doing push hands where they're just shoving and it's shove hands, it's no good because what are you feeling? And the answer is, well, I'm feeling the other guy go away from me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's one thing. And that one thing isn't really helping you in the development aspect of what we're after. So I've had people come where, where and I'll try to play with people at a level because I can jack it all the way up to where I'm playing at a master level. And then, you know, I hung in there with the 300 plus pounders 
uh, where I only lost the championship by one point like that. Okay. And I weighed 202 pounds at that moment in time and had broken my back in four places six months earlier. Yeah. Right? He did the brace off for less than a month. Yeah. I hadn't I'm had the brace begging off. Begging him not to do it. I was worried. I was worried he was going to kill himself. Anyways, the point being so that for normal push, they'll all get people come in and then they're actually moving me around a bit. And they're like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, you want me to be king of the hill here? Okay, shove me. Bam, 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 bam. Now, okay, we're satisfied. I can move you. Now come back up and put hands on it. Why are you letting me move you around like that then? Because I don't care whether you move me or not. Only thing I care about right now is what do I feel inside myself in my response to what you're doing and inside of you, because I'm learning from that constantly, consistently, constantly, well, sometimes inconsistently, but constantly. And I am processing that information and getting better and better and better at, at both processing deeper and more and faster and faster. And I can use that information to do healing stuff and to heal, do healing stuff both better and faster and more and it will directly give me martial capability martial self-defense capability as well and so i'm building that and so whether i got moved all around the room in fact maybe i want you to move me all around the room um that's not really the point of it right now and so if they were shoving I, and I've, I've done this with people that were uh ty one of the guys that he introduced me to in la that was a decent push hands guy and we pushed and, and the interaction with him was, I was talking to him about what I'm talking to you guys right now. And he said, well, how much can you pick up? Like, like, so there's a limit to that. And I went, I haven't found one yet. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, shove me. Boom. He shoves me. Or, and I don't remember if I'm, I think I moved him the first time. Bang. And I was like, what'd you feel? And he said, well, I felt me trying to shove you. And then you shoved me. And then I went flying. You know, I went, I went back and I said, well, this is what I felt. And I listed off and it was like a dozen things and his jaw dropped. <laughs> right. And I, and he said, well, that's good when you're doing like when you're on the receiving side, I might've even let, let him move me. But then I told him all this stuff and it was accurate stuff. And then he said, well, that's fine. But what about when I, what am I getting as the person who shoved you? And I said, Oh, let's get in there and defend. And I boom. And I shut and immediately on touch, boom, sent him. And I said, now here's what I picked up that time and lifted <laughs> off another dozen things. And his jaw hit the floor again. And I said, you're supposed to be learning on both sides. By the way, I wouldn't normally play it where I'm shoving you like that. I'm letting you know that's possible and should be. And if you're at a level that should be happening. But in the beginning, if you were just shoving like that, you can't perceive anything. That means we're going too fast, too hard, too strong to everything for where you're at. And you have to start at the beginning and go, what am I perceiving in that perception, those, that, percep that amount of perception, what you're perceiving, how you're processing that, and getting the fuller scope of it in every way possible. That's got to really improve a lot. And then you can start to pick it up with some speed and some power at the same time. And I want to be able to do that for just overall stuff. At the same time, my normal play is normally done at about the speed of... Um, Slightly faster than slow Tai Chi. Not, I don't mean the excruciatingly slow, slow Tai Chi, but at a pace of like the way that I'm kind of talking to you now. It's not really in a hurry. It's not super slow, but I'm taking my time. And with that, I'm trying to really jack up for really magnify the perception and what I'm able to get from those, from all that perception.
so my question is like right now during COVID, many of us are not doing any push hands. Sure. And so how much of the, how much can we get from the DVD in the absence of pushing hands? Which the, wait, which DVD? Uh, the uh, Dong Jing, the Knowing DVD. Yeah, so are you married? Do you have a wife? No, I'm alone. You have, you're just alone, there's nobody, you have a dog? No, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I avoid breathing bodies as much as I can. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, I'm, and so I'm asking those questions because as long as it was a body, yeah. then you could use that body as long as they're willing to stand there for you. And even if they're just maybe willing to put in just not much pressure, but you know, like, okay, uh, I'll push you a little bit. Okay. Yeah, but anything they would do like that. So that would be my first suggestion, including whether it be a dog or a cat or, or. So you're not telling me to get married. So I have someone to push with. Well, that's why I got married. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the, uh, that's not why everybody gets married. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, without, without that, then you're going to want to be able to do it with apparatus of some kind. And it's not going to be ideal, okay. but, but you can. Well, here's the other thing I will add is that, the, and this is a point that I was going to bring up earlier. Um, and so I think it's a good time to inter interject it is that um, we've been talking a lot about why Ting is super important for developing high level skill and how it leads to knowing and it's like if you really want Tai Chi mastery you're going to have to have Ting and eventually and people can hear that and think like well but I'm, I'm you know I don't want to be a Tai Chi master I just want to get healthy um, and so I'll just do the form and it's like no 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 <laughs> no Ting is really really critically important for that part too just think about how much of a difference for your health would it make if you were able to perceive and know that you were getting dehydrated before you got dehydrated, just that alone, how much, how much healthier you'd be as a human being, like for the rest of your life, if you had that ting in that way. And then think about all the other things that are going on in your body that you can ting and turn into knowing and all the other senses that, you know, uh, that, you know, if your joints are creaky versus some, versus something else that you could take action on, or you're getting that tickle in the back of your throat, it's time to boost the vitamin C and zinc and stuff and not get sick as much or as often. The ting at the beginning is actually one of the most important factors for getting those kind of health benefits. And you can, so that, so the DVD, the knowing DVD is really done for, the, it's taught from the perspective of learning how to ting in someone else. And the, and that's very valuable. And for long-term Tai Chi, you absolutely want that. But the information in that DVD is in that course is really about turning what you perceive into, into in processing it and turning it into what you know. And so you can take that same information and the things that you would ting in yourself, your balance, your, um, you know, your mobility, uh, like the, like not having the double weighted error, um, you know, substantial, it's substantial in the body, your digestive system. Are you full? Are you digesting? Are you not? you are you thirsty? Your blood you pressure, blood which pressure. you might use a machine to do to begin with, but you want to get so used to being able to actually feel that, that you can feel if it's going high and you can literally 
feel it enough to know when you're breathing and relaxing and doing the things that would bring it down, that it's coming down and that you can regulate it like that. Uh, anything that has to do with the blood pressure, the oximeter, how do I do that? And while watching the numbers and breathe so that the oxygen level in the body goes up and then learning to feel that so that you don't need the oximeter to do it, that you can normally feel if there's a bit of a deficit and or if you're doing the things that would add more and you're still tinging to get all, all that is ting to be able to feel that stuff. And you want, don't wanna always have to use a device to do it. You wanna build it so that your ting is there so that you can actually feel it. Yeah, the device is just the feedback to allow you to turn that ting into knowing. And then once you know, then you don't need the device, right? So, so you're saying you, you could get a lot of value from the DVD, in, at least in terms of personal health, even in the absence of a partner to push hands with, I think. We yeah, just... absolutely. You got to understand it in terms of the training progression that is trying to be communicated and, and apply that because, because he, you know, in, in that DVD, in that course, we we're only able to touch on a few different kind of ting skills. And the real focus of it was what is the progression from taking it from ting to knowing. And so you, and then the goal is to do that with everything that you can possibly ting. And so there's a bunch of stuff going on just internally that you need, you know, ting for and that, that improves your ting to develop it. One of the first things in level one is that eyes closed, standing on one leg. It, it shows you how uh, out of touch uh, you normally are with your, with your balance, just coming in the door. And so, uh, you know, tinging those things and improving those senses internally and turning that into knowing that'll go a long way for you health wise for your ting and your e-skills um, for, you know, and for kind of getting ready to apply that to, to touching hands and to feeling inside of other people when you're able to get back out there. I know Phil, you've got some experience with that already. Um, but even if people didn't have that coming in the door, they could use the training progression from the knowing program and apply it to the kinds of things that we're talking about on the call right now. Um, and okay. And they could get that from the DVD. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and, and Phil, you have experienced a long distance connection. Yes. So you could certainly work on ting and feeling into another person with that method as well, which I know is very advanced, especially for you know many people that may be watching this uh, uh, video. We don't talk about it a whole lot, but you've experienced it where we make yeah. that long distance connection to each other. And That's you right. could use that. Cool. Uh, follows this same kind of training progression when you're first learning the fogong you just got to learn to feel at all what you're feeling and then you kind of start wrapping your head by talking to the person about like well what is that what i feel this thing what does that mean and then when you feel it enough times it's like you've got arthritis there you know and then how did you know um and you know it's well i felt it enough that i know what that feels like and so it's, it is that same kind of progression in that same way. It's just a different set of things that you are tinging. Right. And then, so Harry, your, your point is really well taken. So if I don't have anyone to work with, I can work on the skills. And then if I, if I can do it remotely, then I can do the same kind of refinement on another person just remotely. There's a lot yeah. that can be done remotely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's more cool. more than I thought was possible. And there's probably <laughs> more than I've discovered myself yet playing around and experimenting. There is a progression. It's not like you, you come in and then they, you know, hey, I've been doing this for three hours. I'm ready to do this long distance through a, through right. a screen, right? It's, there's, yeah. There is a progression there to build to that level of ability. But, but Phil but, has experienced it. There is a progression there to do that. Yeah. 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 I'm letting that for people, folks at home that are listening to us, 
to know that that, that, that is a thing and that, that it's not just magical falls out of the sky is right. step by step and when it's the appropriate step. Now, for some of you guys, I taught you how to do that a bit early only because with COVID, I knew, okay, this is the situation we're in. And so I'm gonna expose that to you now when normally it probably, you probably would have been a good full level of head of where you were at at the time before I would have really opened that up. So well, thank just, you for opening it up, Sifu. It's yeah, well, I mean, with, like I said, with the world being like it is with COVID and all that, um, I was like, no, you gotta be able to, you gotta be able to work and do the things and really continue to build your skill. And there's a lot of things that are sort of off limits right now, but we can do this. And it's, and even though it's a higher level thing, it is a thing. And, you know, that's why I showed you guys like I did, you know, where I did a bunch of you all at the same time, long distance through the video and did it. So it would have that, Holy crap. And followed up by, go think about it. You're going to be able to, you guys have got a level where you're going to be able to do this too. Yeah. And so, yeah. Cool. By the way, you can all thank me for suggesting that on the podcast call that uh, that where we talked about what we can do when we're all stuck indoors. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because of, yeah, and then thank Harry for actually doing it and coming back the next week and going like, "Wow!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my brain fried with that. I couldn't believe it, and, and then it just kept going. Oh my god, I could see the energy, and I it just it kept going. So, and, and, it, and it will keep going. There's more, more, more you're out on that for sure. All right, great. Uh, and now, a word from our sponsor. Mind over matter can be a confusing idea for a lot of folks. We just don't see it demonstrated that often. You hear about things like a mother lifting a car to save her baby that's underneath, but how can we reliably tap into that kind of power every time? Not just in extreme and unpredictable cases, but whenever we choose. With the right instruction and a few simple drills, even beginners can get mind over muscle power in almost no time at all. My name is Richard Clear and internal power is what I do. I've been researching and sharing the secrets of effortless internal power for over 40 years. I want to spread those secrets far and wide. So I created a unique online program that gets results fast. The results are so good that I offer a money back guarantee. Find out more about how it works at internalpowerkeys.com. That's internalpowerkeys.com. Thank you. Um, all right. So the last things, Ty, you doing good today? Yes, I'm doing very well today. In fact, um, Harry was very eloquent when he was describing my new student today. He's a psychiatrist and, um, he was leaving my main competitor because he didn't know anything about Ting or anything else. And this is uh -huh. something that we were going over this morning. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> My competitor does not even talk about chi whatsoever. And he's like, well, I get this tingling in my hands and everything. Um, is that supposed to happen? I'm like, okay, let's go deep into this. <laughs> yep, let's just dive right in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been a very great, it's been a great morning. Uh, cool. cool. So Ty, uh, the... Uh, <laughs> One of my major Tai Chi instructors was taught me a lot of stuff, and and it was, it was, he devoted a huge amount of of uh, time and energy to me. So I, I'm forever indebted to him. But I would talk about feeling the energy and how cool it was, and all this and that stuff. And he says, 
he just ignored it. He pushed it away because yeah. he thought it distracted him. Yeah, no, it distracted him from the real Tai Chi, right? Yeah. No, Phil, I, I pushed it away also. Um, and that two things. One is that I had this ability since childhood and I saw things I didn't want to see. And then um, Master Clear has helped me turn it back on. And the other thing is, is that I had these abilities, but I had no way of explaining it or teaching it to anyone. And now he's shown me how I can teach these things to other people. Yeah. I wish I knew this in the Marine Corps because, and I was like, sniper, how do you know? I don't know. I just know. <laughs> right. And you could have taught other people there. Exactly. Yeah, that would have been, that's a big deal. Yep. Cool. As long as they're on the, as long as they're on with the good guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so part of what, that is one of the things that happens when people have it naturally is that a lot of times what happens is they see everything they didn't want to see and they don't see the good stuff or there's so much of the bad stuff that it overwhelms. And it's kind of like going into a room and instead of seeing, hey, there's some happy people in here, you go over and you see all the dust on the floor and all the little dirt or stain that's on anywhere on the wall and you're focused in on that. And because it's such a not directed in any way and the person just has the ability they like can't help themselves, but to do that. And so that doesn't mean I don't want to be aware of the entire room from top to bottom and the people in it and all, all these other factors. It's just, I also want to be able to discern and tune out what I, what I want to tune out. I don't mean tune it out. Like I'll never be able to see it. I don't, I mean, be able to go, Hey, I'm going to turn that volume down a lot. So I'm not being distracted and, and unhappy and overwhelmed by the things here. I don't really want to be, looking at and focusing in on and i can focus in on the things i do want and that are that are good and and of quality and and of and useful and all that stuff and so um you know if something bad enough comes out of it that you need to see it you want to be able to see that but it's kind of uh, maybe a way to put this is if you were going to cross a really busy street you can focus in and see every fast car or you can see the spaces between the cars and where there's enough of a gap that you can cross the street without getting ran over. Which one do you want to pay attention to? And the answer would be both. Okay, but which one are you going to use to cross the street? You're looking for places where there's a big enough gap that you can cross through that lane without getting ran over. And yeah, you're looking at the speed of the car that's coming, but you're, you're using the gaps. You're not crossing the road where the car is. Because otherwise you're running into the car or the car's running into you. And so what happens is when people have natural ability, a lot of times they just see all the fast cars and it's dangerous and it's scary and it's all that. Um, one of the things and I grew up in inner city that I and the kids that I grew up around could do is you could, we could go out on a busy street and walk out into traffic in a way that anybody that's not from there um, or not from a super busy place like that. Uh, and I remember the first time I saw it as a kid, I was like, oh, holy shit, you're, you're, you're going to get ran over. And it was like, no. And they just, I saw them walking. And I was like, yeah, they're walking through the traffic. That's weird. Okay. And then I got to where I could do it. And same thing. I'd be with somebody else and they'd see me do it. And you could hear them losing their mind. Like, oh my God. And it was like, you're focused on the wrong part of this. And yeah, you shouldn't try to do it right now. You will get ran over. <laughs> uh the, uh, but it was that kind of a thing. And then you learn to do that. And it doesn't mean you ignore completely the other stuff. That'll get you ran over too. 
it's just where's the focus? What is it you see and how do you see it? And how do you perceive that? And how do you work with that? And those kinds of things. Sheila? Yeah, um, so I haven't, I haven't uh, been able to get on until just now, but um, going back through, I have been listening. I actually live in a blue zone and huh? also in a country that's been ranked among the happiest in the world. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to mention that we live in a world of overload and, you know, too much information, too much stimulus. And so most people are shut down to a certain degree, just kind of out of self-defense. Yeah, so you know, and sure. I think one of, yeah, because it's too much, right? Too much, so yeah. um, I think one of the great things about training ting is that you're able to discriminate between things which you know influence you positively or negatively yep. and so just along with exactly what you're saying if and, and it sounds kind of like you know something silly but just focus on the good things right and try to tune down the bad things a little bit not to the point where you're putting yourself into danger but just because um you know too much negative influence is going to make you ill mm-hmm Yep. Well, and the other thing is, is there's different ways and views to look at something. So if you're monitoring the inside of your own body, if you focus, the average person, if they focus in on just the heart, their heart rate will speed up. Their respiration will then speed up. Their blood pressure will then pick up. And it's that I want to be able to perceive my heartbeat, but not by focusing in directly on the heart like that, because it's overwhelming stimulus to the heart and what's going on there to do it that way. So there are smarter ways to do that in order to get that calming, relaxing, slowing down result that you want while, while keeping great ability to perceive what's going on and then to influence what's going on. And so there, there is a way like this, that discrimination that we're talking about and how you view it and how you perceive that information from viewing it. Um, and by I'm using the word view, but listen or hear or feel or, you know, whatever it is, the, um, and so, yeah, that's equally important. And then I want to be able to go in and focus on any part really well. And I also want to be able to, to unfocus on any part, but I don't want it to be unfocused from now on or focused on for the most part from now on. I want to be able to have a very wide, the wider range I can get and to be able to really look at it good and close or really look at it from far away and barely perceiving it. Um, my choice and you want that choice and that ability to know and what I think that that's one of the great things about sorry one of the great things about <clears throat> training through the tai chi is that it teaches you how to find that balance and ting in particular what? it's not what? only in oh sorry that uh but if you're training ting through practicing tai chi then it helps you to find that balance mm. what you're perceiving and and how it's going to influence you and it's and it's not just about internal for myself. It's also external for all of your surroundings or other people that, that you want to help or that even if they're, if they're attacking you so that you can perceive them better. Um, and I have a little story about training Ting, um, which I think some people might find interesting. So I was doing the things that you have taught us to help us increase Ting. And it starts by going internally and then it moves slowly outward and then into the room and then perhaps the entire building and then outside of the building and, and, 
and continue further and further away. And as I was doing this, um, and the house, and then I was outside of the house into the yard, and I became aware of some splashing and um, sort of a, a distress kind of feeling. And so almost immediately I realized one of the dogs had to be in the pool and not in a happy way. Yeah. So I obviously dropped everything and ran outside and I pulled one of the dogs out and she was exhausted, which means she had been there for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And um, this happened fairly early in my training and it just completely convinced me. You know, it's, it's, that's another thing about Ting is that sometimes you say, well, yeah, maybe, or I'm not sure, but eventually you get to a point where you say, no, this, this is real. And um, I know for a fact that that dog had been in the pool for quite some time. And I did not perceive her distress or the sound of the water until I got to that sort of ring outside of myself during the training. Yeah. And it just convinced me, you know, 150%. So well, in case anyone has yeah. doubt, you know, do some of the exercises and see where it gets you because um, I'm sure that we have that dog with us today because I was doing that practice. I'm hearing you. Cool. Yeah. Uh, excellent. That is excellent. I, the last thing I did want to ask about here, unless there's anybody else that wanted to weigh in on any of that. Okay. So the last thing I wanted to ask you about for today's call here is what is your favorite Ting experience or Ting teaching lesson? Oh, um, ting, my favorite. So that was your favorite, one of your favorite team experiences was saving the dog, the doggy. I get yeah, it. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. And then just yesterday, I had a brand new group of complete beginners who had never done any kind of Tai Chi in their life. And, but a couple of them were sort of more sensitive individuals. And so I had them actually place their hands on my back and see what they could feel and they hit it straight on. So that was really exciting to me to, to understand that I was getting some students coming in who already had a certain degree of sensitivity. So Absolutely. that's a very nice experience that I just had yep. yesterday. You don't have to have sensitivity when you come in. Clear Tai Chi does a very good job of really teaching that to you. In fact, Dong Jing is about that. Uh, the, the, what's the, what's the address there? The tai Chi knowing.com. Uh, yep. The, uh, but if somebody comes in and they've already got ability as a teacher, that's always fun because then you can really get into some nicer, deeper water really quick, you know, not too deep, but deep enough to where it's very fun for us and the student, um, the, uh, right, like really quick. And so that's cool. Yeah. And our system excels at this specific thing because it is kind of our, you know, feel the energy is our thing. So, uh, Tang. Yep. Go ahead. So probably my uh, my favorite experience, um, at least the one that I um, that I like to talk about uh, every once in a while. Um, we we had a fellow. We we've got a student who comes and sees us regularly uh, now um, from New Mexico. But the first time that he ever came out, um, he uh, I I was talking to him kind of off to the side, and he had had some energy training recently, um, and he was telling me he was describing what uh what they had taught him and he was kind of showing me um and i had been doing a lot I'd, I'd started teaching the beginner classes at that point i was teaching our tai chi classes and i was leading warm-ups regularly where we were doing a lot of like hold the ball and and uh moving the energy that kind of way and i had noticed that looking in the mirror and with my 
black stuff on that I could really kind of pick up on the sort of the energy connections in between my hands. I could actually kind of see them. Um, and I was starting to develop that ability more and more. And when this guy turned to talk to me about what he, what he, what the people had taught him, he said, uh, you know, they, when my arms are like this, then, then the energy moves a certain way. And when he, as soon as he started to say that, I could see it, like it lit up, like, like in the space around his arms and in between his hands, like it looked like it was glowing. And I was like, it is doing what they said. I can see it's doing what they said. And he, and I, I think I could tell that he kind of couldn't, he wasn't really sure what to, if, if he believed that or not. And so then he said, well, and then they said, when you move your hands out and you, and you go out like this, that the energy runs in like tubes on your arms and I could see it. And it did do that. But in between when he moved his hands out and when they were out like that, like right around here, it made these like almost wings under his arms where it was like connected, where I could see like, 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 like looking inside of a ball, sort of, if you cut away half of a ball and you could see like this kind of curved wing right there, sort of under each arm and connected into his body. And I could see the energy itself move and change as he was moving his body. And I could see it flowing and it like clicked on clear as day. And Matt, I, I can't see the flow, but as you describe it, I can see you lighting up. Yeah, yeah, it was it was one of the more excited, mo like exciting moments uh, of my training because it was really like there was no it wasn't sort of kind of it was like like there were lights in the space there somehow like it was glowing and it was visual and it wasn't my mind's eye recreating it or nothing I could see it and 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 I and what and everything that he was describing I saw it happening in real time like as he was talking about it but before he said it. And so, um, you know, it was, uh, it was very, very sort of validating in a certain kind of way. It was sort of the, you know, the proof of the pudding kind of thing. Um, but it was, uh, um, uh, I don't know. It was just, it was, it was, a, yeah. it was a great sort of highlight in my, uh -huh. in my training. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. So, so Matt, so this were these were things that he saw. He couldn't see it. Oh, he couldn't see it. He was feeling it. He was feeling oh, it. he was feeling it, and you could and you could see it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, who's who's going next? Well, so, I have a story. I had, I had an experience, and it wasn't me that had it. It was someone else. But yeah. it it's kind of like what the possibilities are, and I don't totally your students or this. was this one of was this one of your students? Um, actually, no, it was, it was someone that I just knew and, um, she was really sensitive to seeing energy. And so I would do, I would do the, the yang form and she could see it looked like one color. And if I did the wu form, it looked different to her. Yeah, sure. And if I did, the, if we did the woo form with the twisting, it was one way. And if you didn't do the twisting, it wasn't nearly as rich. Yeah. And then the spookiest thing was I could think, you know, I don't, I haven't trained in, in, I've had very little training in Chingyi and very little in Bagua, but at that time I had none. And I could think 
Bagua or Xing Yi, and she said my energy changed. Mm-hmm. Which you is what you were thinking? Just thinking of them and not having trained in them. So I don't know, I don't, I don't know what all that's about, but it's sort of like that certainly is a wow moment for me. Yeah. Now, had you seen any Xing Yi or Bagua? So when you thought about it, was it was there something that went through your mind about what that would be like? or that kind of a thing? Or was it that you hadn't even laid eyes on it? You didn't even know how it would be? I think I had seen a little Xingyi, but I, I mean, a little Bagua, but I'd never seen any Xingyi. Uh-huh. And I didn't, and when I was thinking of it, I was just thinking of the name. I wasn't thinking of movement. Oh, wow. Okay. That's yeah. Nice. So, you know, anyway, that's, that's really right. interesting. And I, I don't know what it means, but it's, it's really, really interesting to me. Sound, sound and tone and sound including even if it's your mind that's enunciating it as opposed to your mouth that's enunciating it has a different vibrate vibratory quality mm-hmm. something can be soothing something can be frenetic right oh yeah right and so bagua yeah singing yeah 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 there's a different there's a different quality there and so if she's really like empathically gifted like that there's a likelihood that she would pick that up even when you were thinking especially if she can pick up thought a bit which again it's, it's actually you learn it in our system how to do that over time it's, it's obviously higher up in the program but it's there um and it and it and you yeah the progression is designed to get you to that kind of a place not so you can go around and be super spy or anything or in in a proper uh, but there's other uses for that that are very useful, including having a loved one that's that's out of out of sight, out of hearing distance, and all that stuff, and they're having a distress thing, and you're and you're aware of it. Um, anyways, so yeah, cool. Yeah, I actually saved my um, uh, nephew's life from drowning in a pool because of that. Um, kind of like the Sheila story, except that he was not treading water; he was fully under the water, and Ooh. I could use his hands. Um, yeah, this is one of the trips home you made. Yeah, this was uh, this, yeah, this was a couple of years ago, so yeah, know, three years ago now. But. Okay. The uh, all right, um, Ty, you were getting ready to speak there a minute ago. Sorry for the. No, no problem. Um, I I'm kind of hesitant to tell this story because I kind of lost some of my Tai Chi principles because of it. I was doing push hands in. A, a monthly group and one of the people there said well I'm going to stop pushing with you talking to somebody else and go and push with Ty because occasionally I can push him out and I'm like <laughs> oh and then um, we started pushing hands and I would not let him push me out uh, you know it's kind of a mixture of ego and it, things that I shouldn't have been doing and he says, so you've just been being kind to me. I'm like, no, I've been trying to learn, trying to understand what's going on. I'm not here to push people out. I'm here to learn. Yeah. And fortunately, that seemed to stick with him also. Oh, good. We're, we're not here to for our egos. We're here to learn something. Yeah. And working on knowing on Ting was what I always do when I go to push hands. Cool. 
And so the fact that it made that positive change in that person made, was, was, is what you're saying. That was, that made that a favorite experience. Right. Because he realized that that's how I got into my level was by not letting my ego take, make the better of me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you got a great partner in the doggy there. Yeah. Or, uh, under, we, we got the, yes. that's an on the push went more often than not, but that's, that's for me being there interacting with him a little bit. <laughs> he has a uh, very, uh, he's got like happy gene. Well, yes, he does. And uh, he's um, about 30 pounds heavier since you saw him. Oh, wow. Okay. What is that? What is that now? 200, 180? No, he's like 230, 240. 30, good Lord. Yeah. Wow. It's a good thing all your furniture is sturdy, man. <laughs> good thing is, it's a good thing that your dog is friendly. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, he's not always friendly. He's actually a trained attack dog. Oh, I understand. No, I mean, just a general demeanor, though, as he's, he's yeah, not not uh, exactly. you know ones that that uh, you know that you would. There are dogs that are trained attack dogs that you wouldn't really want a kid around them. Even some of the police dogs that I've seen, they're like when they're taking them and showing them with the kids, they're like, "Kids, you can't really pet this dog like this and like that because they'll they'll yeah. likely bite you." No, he's not a hard dog. In fact, I wouldn't own a dog like that. Yeah, got it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And that's what I'm saying. He's very, he is, uh, your dog, they're very, very happy. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't mean he's not capable. That's that's a mistake. People take kindness for weakness. And no, it's not the same thing. Of course, with Thunder, that would be a little hard to do. Yeah. He's kind, but I'm not seeing any weakness anywhere. <laughs> that's also yeah. a tribute to his, uh, to his owner and trainer, right? Absolutely. Yes. He's got a good demeanor because he has a sweet owner. And his breeder, his, his owner was smart enough to get from a very good breeder. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, anybody else for the Ting experience or Ting, your favorite Ting experience or your favorite Ting teaching lesson? Oh, Harry. Harry, he has something. All right. <laughs> it's actually a very difficult question because there's so much. I'm like, well, what on earth do I pick? Usually it's the most recent thing I've learned that's blown my mind. Right. Uh, so I've got two th the thing that I've learned and then the thing that I like teaching. Uh, the thing that I just learned that, uh, and I know I'm at the baby level of this, is feeling not only my own, but my opponent or partner's uh, spirit. Wow. That's holy cow. Um, the thing that I like teaching, it's not one of the highest level things, but one of the reasons I like teaching it is because I see almost the immediate reaction and benefit that it gives to my students. And that is whole body breathing. And I use uh, internal push hands once I've, I've gone through it with them. And I usually take it step by step, piece by piece, like breathe through your shoulders, breathe through this, breathe through that, breathe through that. And then we push hands and, and, and I will be the one to say, okay, I've purposely got something shut off that I'm not breathing through. And I want you to find it and feel it. So there's where the ting comes into that. Um, and then it makes it that much easier for them. So I've got, you know, a, a couple of the classes I teach per week are senior citizens and to see the immediate benefit they get from that learning to feel into their own knees or their own hips or whatever it is and breathe through that and provide the relief. Uh, that's why I love teaching that. Cool. And anybody specifically you taught it to that stands out as being um, like you were really uh that was like one of your favorite times teaching that to somebody 
Um, yeah, to um, uh, Chris Walsh, who had to leave our call today. Uh, when I showed him that, he's like, that's a complete game changer, <laughs> you know, as we're pushing hands. And, uh, you know, I'm like, you're not breathing here. You're not breathing there. Boom, boom, boom. You're gone. Now fix that. Breathe there. Oh, and so that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, by the way, I would say that, that somewhere in the neighborhood of about a third of Harry's experiences that, that he would say are, are towards the top end of the fun part of the thing involve boom, boom of some kind. <laughs> All right, now. <laughs> There's a lot less of that nowadays. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Art? Oh, you're still unmuted, Art. Well, um, I, I really don't have any particular ting stories that I feel are... When anything that when you first learned to feel it really, really made you like, gave you some wow factor, like, wow, that's, I wouldn't even have thought you could have felt that or that you really, it changed how you thought about things that prior to that. Well, uh, well actually I could elaborate, elaborate on that in, in two ways. And the, uh, the first one that comes to mind is, is just this discussion with, the, the different features and facets of, of Ting that the people have expressed and talked about more in depth. And, and as we're, we're sitting here, and I'm, I'm sort of, I can put some of that um, thought in mind, for example, with, with Matt's story about the man feeling the energy and Matt seeing it. And I, not that I can see the energy, but, it, but I, um, as, as he was talking later and other people were talking, I, I could feel the, the variations on the energy as, as I opened my hands and, and that I can feel how this and working with someone else could apply, for example, um, could, could apply. And, and also um, Sheila's story, I was sitting here sort of sending out the uh, the ting sensations beyond the house and and I didn't get a particular feeling of anything other than feeling more aware of, of sensing outside that it felt it starts with uh, that more you know more powerful or more sensate than than it had and, and just more awareness. yeah right gave gave me because of her experience and and the potential for it it gave me a little more um, impetus to, to be more aware. Um, and then just, just getting back to um, my, my beginnings introductions and first learning about and, and feeling energy, that was a, uh, a real eye-opener in a sense that this is more than just sort of choreography, a light dance. I, I can, even though it that point I couldn't really do much with it I felt the energy and from then I just been you know working and, and especially with your help and, and, and all your other students working with me just developing it more and more um, and working on getting better at it so I, I can do more with it whether whether in a, in a health aspect or or for self-defense or you know just Strengthening my own body, say um, I've um, been working with it and found it all very beneficial. Yeah, cool. So, 
uh, I would like to give you guys a specific one, but I've got like tons and tons and tons of cool team experiences and tons and tons and tons of cool team teaching lessons and all that kind of thing. Uh, if I was going to tell you one that stands out to me a little bit for one of my favorite experiences with it um, over the last, I don't know, half dozen years now, one of them was when I first, like I, I um, for most of my life, my dad owned a comic book shop to begin with, but then ended up with a metaphysical bookstore. And he had, he started though the metaphysical bookstore stuff when I was about 20. So 36 years ago. And so with that, they had the different stones and rocks and gems and you can buy and this one does this and this one does that. And I thought, well, okay, that's cute. And every once in a while you could hold a stone that was somehow really specific. The one that comes to mind is a stone that's black. That's got a very funny kind of a feel to it. And if you've ever felt magnets and you're trying to feel those tend to have a funny feel to them too. I'm some of the stuff that the average person can feel um, like that. But beyond that, I hadn't thought much about it. And then, um harry actually showed me a stone that he said this stone does, has some really wild properties in terms of what you feel when you're interacting with it handing me the stone and immediately was like whoa because i could feel all this stuff and then of course went on a binge of well let me feel that stone and let me feel that stone and and found that the different qualities there that I could manifest the quality off the stone into my whole body in ways that were palpable noticeable and usable in a way that is what they talk about, including you can hand me a stone that I don't know what the stone is. And I could tell you a number of things about that stone that if you take out the book for people that really do this and look it up, it's what I'm feeling is what they're, they're saying that stone does. And then so he had done this already with like three or four stones when the owner of the stones came in and he started describing like with this one, I felt that. And with this one, I felt that. And with this one, I felt that. And, and he was like, the, the owner was like, that's what the book says it's supposed to do <laughs> um, yeah. and so yeah and what's that harry you you're, you're on, on mute no i was just like uh yeah of course <laughs> your thing is is on target <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll be honest i thought it was some kind of new age nonsense <laughs> yeah i always thought it was too until yeah, yeah. uh and then uh with sheila the last it was the last was it the last time you were here with the essential oils or have you been here once since then last time last time yeah last time she had all these essential oils and it was the same experience but now with the essential oils and the same thing i thought this was people selling nice scents telling you they do things and <laughs> they actually do uh, do things to your energy field that it picks up on it's just most people can't feel it and i and in development wise i can feel it great and and so it was interesting. And of course, there's always that every once in a while, we'll pick up one and they'll be like, well, this stone's supposed to do this, this and that. And I'll go, mm, that's not what I'm feeling. And then you'll pick up another. And then that was one of the interesting things. You'll pick up another stone that's the same kind of stone, but is different somehow. And it'll, and there is variation from stone to stone. It's usually slight, but every once in a while, you'll find one where it's like, this one's not exhibiting those qualities or those properties for some reason. Anyways, I haven't done enough of it with the essential oil thing, but the essential oils, it's the same idea. And so um, for myself, I don't care to develop that into a business. I really like what, I, what it is that we do. And, and I'm full time the plus working at promoting clear Tai Chi and helping people to get that. But if I had one of you or, or more that were really super interested in developing a rock, you know, a gym mineral for that kind of stuff or and the essential oil business, 
um, and helping to develop to the point where you really can feel what that's doing with the energy field. And what if somebody comes in and they've got certain kinds of problems or certain kinds of issues or things they're trying to accomplish, which ones of those are going to help them to do that? Now, I will say that part of being the Tai Chi person is that for me, I would rather be able to change my energy and to affect it by feel without using any outside stimulus. At the same time, a lot of people that want it for basic health um, they'll do a little bit of Tai Chi, but they're not interested in going that far in the development of the training. It's not everybody. And probably if you're listening to the podcast, you're wanting to go into the deeper parts. Cool. That's what we're here for. Um, but if I had somebody that was just like older and like, okay, yeah, I'll do a little bit of Tai Chi with you, but I'm just, I'm feeling bad this way. And you've got this essential oil or gem that they had on them is going to make a change in their energy field. It's going to have a positive impact on that. Well, this just seems too easy, and and it's and it could be quite lucrative if somebody was really going to be all about that. Anyways, or if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're already in that field, I've met one of the things we figured out when we went to the gym shops was that a lot of the people in the stores were like, "Oh yeah, that gym does this, this gym does that," and I'd be feeling something else about it or talking to them or how it occurred to us. But I asked somebody something, and or they were, I was looking at it and Harry and I were standing there like pushing with stuff to check things out. And they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm feeling the stones doing this and this and this. And then one of them that was talking about it, like they could feel it. I don't remember what they said, but, it became, but I remember stopping and going, you can't actually feel that. And they were like, no. and they admitted it like, you know, shame. Yeah. No, I can't. And I was like, okay, but you've been talking about it like you can. <laughs> and, and you realize you could learn to actually feel that. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. And they wanted that ability and they, they seemed to be aware that that ability was, was exceptionally possible, um, but they didn't currently have that, that skill. Uh, Sifu, that's one of the things uh, early on in the pandemic, uh, I made a, a little brief video that was uh, telling my students and anyone else that saw it, that if you're wanting to work on another way to work on Ting while we can't put hands on, find some gems, some minerals, some rocks, and learn to feel the vibrational the oils. Hold the, you don't even have to put it on. Just hold the bottle. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, and even so now to this day, while it's still limited with making contact with people, if you want to use that as a way to develop additional types of ting, absolutely. Yeah, cool. That's, that's, and I would say if somebody has no skill at all, it might be tough. They might not be able to do that. They're going to have to work their way through and do other like body processes first yourself. Yeah. If you don't have another family member or an animal or something you can do it on, then you'll have to use other types of things or start really getting better, faster, more with those things you can perceive on yourself. And there's a lot of things there you can perceive on yourself. And we do go through a number of them, like a good number of them, um, that kind of thing. But then once they've built up some skill like that, and then they graduated up to these other things, there is a point where, where it's a logical progression and is very doable. Seafood, uh, I've met a number of uh, people that sold gems that really felt nothing at all. Yeah, that's, that's not unusual. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I, I, I understood that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, one that. The one that caught my eye was that they were posing <laughs> as if they really could feel oh, okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It very quickly became apparent with me actually being able to feel it. Like, you can't, like, I don't remember what they said or did, but it was something. It was basically, uh, it was a young lady who said that she holds the stones and then um, gets an intuition about them. And I like, a sense in her mind, but not like a, a sense sense of the, uh, of the energy. It's just like she holds it and then kind of thinks about it and, and gets an answer. And, and, and most of the time, her answers that she had about stuff were like wrong. Like 
like yeah, no and I was kind I was kind to her because I have no reason not to be at the same time I was like okay I'm not gonna listen to anything else she's got to say about this because <laughs> you know there's no point <laughs> so, so that first stone that you picked up that was so wild that Harry gave you do you know what it was yeah, yeah, we know what it is. Harry, you can tell him. It's, it's blue. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. It's either tourmaline or tourmaline. Blue tourmaline or tourmaline. And it and it was super, super small, like, like you know, half the size of a dime, if even. And you would hold it in the palm of your hand and it would, or anywhere, and, and it would give you the floating feeling, like real ethereal. It, was, yeah, it does more than just the floating feeling, but there is that. And, and how do you spell it? What's that? You know how to spell it? Yeah, tourmaline, T-O-U-R-M-A-L-I-N-E. Um, I will I will warn you ahead of time. It's rare. Yeah. There's a lot of different kinds of tourmaline in different colors. There's different properties per, per gem. The one I've held a number of them now, and they each have different qualities. They do not all do the same thing. And the mildest difference in color and the mildest difference in, like, shape, uh properties to it of some kind really make a lot of difference oh, cool. so don't assume that you're going to get one like what this one is and the other one is is that what i've seen for quality ones run upwards of over 500 for for a stone that literally is the size of a of the you click your pin and the part of the pen that sticks out a little yeah. bit bigger than that but not much yeah and unless you can feel it good at the point of holding it you're not gonna wanna. You're not gonna want to want to get that. If you're looking for it to use stones to feel things, garnet. there's garnet and a couple of other things that really have a more pronounced signature that are uh -huh. dollar stone. You know, it's cheap. No, I'm fine. I just go on the internet and feel the pictures of the stone, and that would be I, good. I, I actually yeah. did some of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He he's, he was able to select to pre-select certain stones yeah. um, by doing that. Uh, so that he knew that he was getting the right one with the right properties. When the best one that I could get you know, for, what, for what was available. So we've been in the stores where you can take the ones, they could be a pile of them and they're all called blue tourmaline and to the eye, they look blue, but you can pick it up and be like, no, this one really is doing more like a green and this one's really doing uh, black and this one's really, and, he, and you can go through them that way and you got to get just the right one for it to really be, that nice blue property. Ooh, okay. And again, how do you spell it? T O U R M A L I N E. Okay. Term, think term align, and but term is tor or tor ma line. Okay, that's cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. But again, to get a piece there that's good and gonna do like what that piece is and all that, it's expensive. It's a lot. Yeah. And it's not doing. It's okay um you know if you needed that property couldn't get that property any other way and couldn't train to it which you can obviously easily too um it'd be a different easily enough then it'd be a different thing but i'm not going to spend like massive amounts of money for something i can just do tai chi and get um easily enough um when i'm trying to get a quality and i get a stone for a buck or two and then that's helping me feel that quality and then i go and duplicate it in my tai chi i like that yeah. and that kind of thing but anyways you get the idea cool all right um any other thoughts or or any of that there anyways um dongjing what is your favorite dongjing experience or your dongjing teaching lesson and i would say that like um and, and obviously you may have a different one 
um, Sheila, but, but that when you felt the dog out in the pool doing that, am I correct that when your mind felt the dog doing, or when you perceived the dog doing that, that you knew instantly what the problem was? Oh, she, I think she's frozen. Yes, that's correct. So it, it was interesting, the sensation that I perceived, but then there was that knowing that it was a dog in the pool, which was not necessarily, you know, evident from the sensations that I was seeing. It occurred to me that that is what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. The, uh, yep, and I've got Dongjing experience or Dongjing teaching lesson. Yep, Sheila, you there okay? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I didn't hear what you said, but if you heard me, that's what matters. I hear yep. you now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, anybody else for favorite Dongjing experience, okay. Dongjing teaching lesson? Harry, I'll pick on you. Uh, the teaching lesson would be the one where you put the hand up and you're trying to feel the other person's mind when they're coming at you oh. and you can move it. You no. Know, and when you, when you like, I know he's coming now. Yeah. I know yeah Cause you can that feel now. that signal. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. Uh, Matt. Um, I guess, uh, probably the most recent one, um, that leaps to mind is, uh, I've got a young lady that I was working with who had very aggressive fibromyalgia. And when she first came to me, uh, it was her and her mom and I had her do, uh, you know, what I described earlier in the call, I, I had her stand up and I kind of walked around her and then I had her walk a little bit and I kind of watched her walk and I started to call things out. Um, including, uh, the, the first thing that I said was, you know, you've got this, pelvic tilt that if you're not careful and you don't work to, to correct that, it can turn into uh, spinal stenosis. And uh, immediately her mom, who was sitting down and kind of watching all this, said, I have stenosis. I just had my second surgery for it. Ooh. And so it wasn't inherited like it was a, you know, a, a, a thing that like runs in the family. Um, and, uh, and then there were other, um, you know, other, other issues where it was like, um, I, I scanned her, I did a, a fogging session and, and I couldn't necessarily see anything funny right away, but I felt something screaming off of her left knee. It's not in the energy field. He's in not the energy her. field. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I said, okay, so, um, you know, I, uh, I, what, what I'm feeling is that you've, uh, you've kind of recently hurt or, or injured that knee because I'm not seeing it show up like physically in the way you're standing, but I am feeling like this, this thing there. And she had like two days prior to that, she had been doing some really intense kind of working out and then uh, popped something like felt something pop in her knee in the middle of the workout. And then the next day it was really aggravating her. And then the day after that, it abated a little bit, but that's when I was like looking at her um, was, you know, two days later. Um, and so they're just, there's, there's things like that, um, that as you go through the material, you start to, really perceive things. And, and even like that one, I didn't necessarily know, no yet, but I, I knew things about it. Um, and there were things that I was able to pick up and I didn't know a hundred percent how exactly she had hurt herself or whatever, but I, but I could tell, I could sort of cross off things and say, well, it wasn't this, it wasn't that it wasn't a long time ago, you know, and I, I could narrow in, in on it that way. And the more you talk to people and the more experiences you have with that, the more it just becomes, I know what that is. Cool.
Ty? I'm not sure who mentioned this before, but um, what happens with a lot of my students is that they'll, they'll be working out or will be working on a form or somebody just walks in the class and like Matt said, you can say, oh, you have arthritis in your lower back or you hurt your shoulder or why do you have so much tension here? And, and they're like, you're not even touching me. How do you know this across the room? And um, that really gets them interested in like, how can I do that? And so I, sometimes I do it not thinking about it, just like just yep. Tourette's syndrome, just, it just comes out of my mouth. And I find that it, it, it does motivate them to, to go further, to really work on it themselves. Yeah. Cool. The, uh, um, let's see here, Phil. I'm not sure that this applies, but one of the things that, that came up um, before COVID and before some other things, I used to walk outside and I would listen to uh, uh, stories on CD, books on CD. Mm -hmm. And then I said, oh, I'm taking this mindfulness course and I really should just, I shouldn't be listening to a book on CD. I should be paying attention to the environment. So I started just looking at trees and I would really pay attention to the tree. I would look at the texture of the bark and the color and the nuances of the leaves. And eventually I could feel the energy of the trees. Yes. Yeah. And, and that was something totally new. And it was very cool because it really changed the way I, I interact or view being out in nature. Sure. Uh, and, you know, when people would go and walks in the park or, or in the wood, you know, yeah. in forests and things that would, why would you do that? But once I could sense the energy of trees, I could see really, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. That makes perfect cool. sense to do that as much as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, that was really cool. And then over time I worked on feeling energy of, of bushes. So bushes were different and grass was different. And then I could feel the energy of water. And then I think I mentioned uh, when I was walking, there were frogs in this pond. So I would listen really closely to the, to the frogs. And then I could feel the energy of frogs. Mm -hmm. But when I see a toad, I haven't paid much attention to toads. So if I try to sense the energy of a toad, I can't. So that's, that's how I can know. I can probably tell <laughs> If there's a little amphibian in an terrarium, I could tell whether it's a frog or a toad energetically. <laughs> now, is that not a useful skill? <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah, it'll translate. It, you know, it, it may not be super useful, like immediately in terms of like how often you have to determine whether something is a frog or a toad, but. But your ability to do that will translate into other, other awesome things. Tai Chi yeah. skill. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm not given a oh, Sheila. chance to win. Sheila, do you want to say something? Yeah. Um, besides the other example, I have a really good story. Um, I was doing a healing actually through Zoom on a young lady. And she told me what the issue was that she was worried about, but I scanned her whole body. And in addition to the problem area, I found um, certain tension in the neck, in the shoulder, and in the hip, all on the same side. 
And for some reason, that um, combination of tensions, I j it just popped out of my mouth, like Ty says. Um, do you study in your bed, laying on your left side, you know, cradling your head in your hand? And she said, yes, oh my gosh, how did you even know that? And I was like, I, I was, she said, I was not expecting that. And I said, well, I wasn't either, but it was true. <laughs> and, and then I just knew it, you know, from, from scanning her body, I could tell that she had that habit. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. So I said, well, okay, if you, if you really like that, do it, but then periodically stand up and stretch and do these, do these types of movements to alleviate that. But that was kind of fun. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And a dong zing at work right there. Yes. Uh, Art, did you have anything you wanted to add? No, to tell you the truth, I, I don't think I have anything really pertinent to this. Um, I could, well, add so, say something like, at times I have felt um, sort of intuitions, but um, nothing that that comes to mind is, is a case I could present right now. Let me I ask just, you, I, I know. Yeah, I got it. Let me ask you this. So when you first started with our system, am I correct? You hadn't really had much training for feeling inside of a body in the way that Tai Chi teaches you to do. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So what would you say in our system? Was it that when you got taught to feel something that beforehand you would have been like, I wouldn't even have known I could have felt that. What is one that really surprised you when you learn how to feel it? Well, just I think that that I could learn to feel inside and with especially the emphasis put on relaxation and sensitivity, feeling inside another person, um, sending the energy in, and even though even though it might not be extremely accurate or sensitive, it still I you know had this ability and could sense inside someone else. So okay. it's it, it is a you know developing skill. That yeah, you're saying just the fact that it's hot that it's doable right a lot and then so was there a time when you felt somebody or or were pushing or doing a fogong and you found something or felt something or experienced something and went oh that's this and then they said yeah and that's kind of surprised you which is typically how first people first get to dongjing even if they're aware that this is something they want usually when it first happens it's kind of i don't know if sudden's the right word but unexpected well, I I was um, one time when I was I was pushing hands the in, internal push hands and and I was you know finding success with a particular sort of motion or, or energy um, usage that and into the lower back and I said yeah you know I, I I'm always able to or often able to catch you in the lower back and said yeah I had a I forget a sprain there or a strain there or something that left some residual sort of weakness or clump of muscle sort of that is the type of thing you know that you're mentioning that to, to look for and find um, and and actually along those lines and since you you brought it up I, I have found um, you know working with someone else that they would say now do this or do that or try this and I'd um, and I'd say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure I'm doing it, but, but I try and I say, well, well, yeah, that's it. So, so I was doing it intuitively, um, sort of, you know, being 
mindful and, and letting things go just to be there and doing, you know, ex extending the energy out in the right way without being conscious of it. So again, that's, that's sort of a step in, in that direction that I'm, that I'm working on developing. So cool. you know, little, little tiny steps towards, yep. towards knowing. By the way, uh, Art is not our newest member on, but he is one of our our junior, you know, newest members on. So we're still progressing and still working and learning and progressing regularly. So um, it has it has experiences with the skills now, and we keep getting better. Oh yeah, thank you. Thanks, thanks to you. Oh, thanks. And and your man, everybody. Very. Um, Matt, I think, or is there everybody else on the board there? Yeah. Yeah. So I do actually have one more, I, I you know, I talked about my knowing experience, but there was a student, well, an, someone that I was helping to coach, she's a teacher herself. Um, but this is probably my favorite knowing experience, uh, from my like time in Tai Chi because of how excited she got for it. She had come out to, uh, one of our internal push hands workshops the year before and, uh, and was having a lot of trouble feeling root. It was very, very frustrating for her. Um, she was a teacher and she brought one of her students and her student was able to do it and she wasn't. And so she was, she was just very, very frustrated and I helped coach her through it. And then, uh, and to the point where she could really feel it um, and, and she proved it and she passed her test. And then she came back the next year and I was giving a test to another couple of guys and I had her shadow me so she could learn how to give the test um, as well as, you know, pass the test. And uh, it, while I was testing their root depth, she was standing off to the side and I came, I walked back over and I kind of told her what I had, you know, felt and, and crossed them off their list. And she said, I can feel that. And I said, yeah, good. You know, we worked on that last year. I'm glad you're, you know, keeping that up. And she said, no. I could feel that from here when I wasn't touching them. I could feel their root. I could feel that he was deeper. And then I felt him move and he was deeper. And I knew who was who and where they were and what was going on. And I wasn't even touching them. And she was like, well, that was the first time she had felt root below the ground without contact with someone. Um, and so, and she had, but she had built it up through by playing the game to the point where she took it from a ting level of like, what is that? What am I feeling to knowing at, at least at a certain level of knowing, and then was able to step back and really apply that. And, uh, and in, in just a year, like where she did not have the skill at all the year before and in one year, she was able to do that with it. So it was pretty, pretty. Incredible. Oh yeah. Cool. Thank you. All right, guys. Um, the last but not least is uh, if you want to know more about this kind of thing um, and how to get it, uh, the video I most recommend there for our stuff at this point is Dong Jing Knowing. And um, that is available at, at TaiChiKnowing.com. Cool. Um, thanks, everybody. And now a word from our sponsor. For those of you who are interested in internal power and want a reliable place to start, and for anyone who wants to experience internal power for themselves, go to internalpowerguide.com. I built a crash course in hands-on internal power. The Practical Guide to Internal Power is a work-at-your-own-pace online program. It is the course I use to get students from 0 to 60 
as quickly as possible. And it is totally free. So sign up at internalpowerguide.com now and get started right away. That's internalpowerguide.com.